I'm looking at Carol with her arms behind her back, and I, I don't know if I have the flexibility to do what she's doing. <laughs> I'm holding my other arms. <laughs> I could like, sort of do it. It hurts my owl. Actually, it hurt my shoulder. This is great content for a podcast. <laughs> Welcome to Working Code. And now your hosts, none of whom have ever seen a failing unit test, Adam, Ben, Carol, and Tim. Okay, here we go. It's show number six for January the 20th, 2021, uh, which will be Inauguration Day when this comes out. So hopefully, uh, yeah, if we make Fingers it that crossed. far. Um, and uh, on today's show, we're going to be talking about some hopes for 2021, maybe some goals. We'll see how that goes. But of course, uh, up first, triumphs and fails. I think uh, this week, Tim, I'm going to come to you first. What do you got for us? A triumph or a fail? I would call it a triumph. You know, the bar is pretty low. Uh, but, you know, everything that went on this week, of course, when we were recording this, yesterday was the day where uh, the Capitol building in Washington was breached for the first time since the War of 1812. And uh, I got to admit, I, I I was not good yesterday and today. Yeah, yeah. Um, my triumph is I didn't just curl up in a ball and hide and rock in a corner and suck my thumb as the world <laughs> felt like it was burning around me. So yeah. I'm, I'm all here for small wins. And that I did something yesterday and today. That's good. I, I, uh, go I got to thank you for being there. I mean, you, you, me and Ben and Carol were all on the, the Discord and just kind of chatting a little bit as all that was happening in real time. It kind of kept me tethered to reality a bit. Yeah, a little sane. It was good to to have some people to bounce stuff back and forth with. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, it was a little bit uh, serendipitous. I uh, was working on a project in the in the wood shop uh, in the evening after things had calmed down a little bit, <clears throat> and I was listening to an audio book, the the latest book from Corey Doctorow, and the book was winding down, and there was just this little passage that I thought was like so perfect for for how I was feeling. And I was, you know, A, I was grateful for um, having the project to focus on to take my mind off of everything that's going on in the world. But right. um, the the passage that I was thinking of was, um, you know, somebody's going through a lot. It's, it's a cybersecurity themed book, but um, she's going through a lot. And she says, I'm not okay, but I'm going to be okay. I'm coping, but I have a lot to cope with. I felt like mm. that was a very good way to describe how I was feeling last Feels night. Feels relative for a lot of us. Yeah. Yeah. So one um, one clarification that I've heard in the past, which I think was always uh, maybe not how I phrased things in my mind, was uh, there's the common phrase of, of always do your best. And I heard someone explain it to me. And I, I wish I could remember where this was from. It was from a podcast, I think, or an audio book where someone says that you should always do your best. But what best is changes from day to day. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, yesterday, I think, is a perfect example of that. Like we were doing our best. But that best was significantly degraded from what it might be normally. Right. Yeah. yeah. How about you, Adam? What's your triumph or fail? Um, so I'm, I'm going to take a similar tack, a similar triumph. And basically, I've managed to have a relatively productive first week back from my uh, holiday PTO, first week back of, to work for the year. Um, so I guess just kind of laying things out here, on Monday, Slack went down for the most of the day, most of the morning. Um, on Tuesday, there was the the runoff Senate election in Georgia that was, you know, uh, sort of controlling the zeitgeist. And then Wednesday was, yeah, you know, Wednesday. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and but despite it all, I did manage to get a little bit of work done um, in between doom scrolling Twitter and and <laughs> chatting so, about it with you guys and my coworkers and my so family. So much doom scrolling. Yes. <laughs> But I did manage to get a little bit of work done here and there. It was nice to uh, have the distraction of work. 2020, actually, the Oxford English Dictionary added the word doom scrolling to the dictionary this year. <laughs> nice. I'm not surprised. True story. It makes yeah. sense. So, Carol, what do you got uh, this week? You have a triumph or a fail? Yeah, so I have a triumph for us as a podcast. Us? I'm going to go off of the political realm and all of the doom. I have great news. Thank okay. You. So I walked upstairs last night and was talking to my son only to find him and his best friend were listening to our podcast. And I should say the best friend is who I have picked out for him to marry. So fingers crossed this all works. She loves the podcast and they're 15 and 16 right now. So, I mean, they love listening to it. They're like, we don't really get everything, but it's just really good to hear like how your world functions right now. And I was just, I was in awe that a 15 and 16 year old are listening to our podcast and love it. So that's awesome. Which episode? So uh, they listen to the entire, everything we've put out. Oh, wow. cool. Yes. That's quite I, a lot. I haven't, I haven't right. even done that. <laughs> so they also have a favorite person on the show, I've been told. Uh oh. All right. Do we want to know or not? Are we, uh, are we I, I definitely got to know now. Yeah. They like Ben. Uh, uh, surprise, surprise. Don't we all? they're they're like his voice it's just so nice (laughs) it's the mic it's this mic that adam convinced me to get yeah Yeah. in person you sound good man yeah you you should do asmr videos (laughs) (laughs) all right so so well hang on so you're um you said that was your 16 year old right Mm -hmm. um and we've talked before about how you have a son in college so that's obviously not i don't know i don't want to say obviously not the 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 son in college (laughs) but uh uh, I don't know what likely not the son in college. He's um, not. Yeah. Okay. And I know your older son that's in college is doing computer science. Is your younger yeah. son also into technology, computer science stuff, or? Oh yeah, he's he has been like writing code for a while. He's not doing anything right now. But okay. when he was younger, I actually came home and found that he had like broke through some of my security settings, like on our just <laughs> Windows computer, and had turned my like computer, just PC, into a Minecraft server and had it open, and people were playing on it with him. Nice. And I was like, Do you understand? <laughs> This isn't set up for people to be on it. Right. Mommy's checking account is like on here. Let's not do this. <laughs> yeah. That's like the twenty the two thousands version of kids say the darndest things. Yeah. Yep. I was like, come on. <laughs> and then we um I blocked everything on the like router for a while. Like we mm-hmm. had um like the whole like logging and stuff and lots of things were blocked. And he figured out that all it was doing was a DNS lookup through it. So he bypassed our DNS and went to Google. <laughs> mm-hmm. I know what he was looking at. You know, <laughs> in there. Yeah. yeah. I was Kids like, are little hackers, man. I was yeah, like, man. hmm, Peyton's never on his computer. Now I know why. He is mm-hmm. on it. So, yeah, he loves technology. I think that's kind of just kind of how they've always been, though. Yeah. I, I think one day we should, we should do a show where all of us kind of talk about how we got started, you know, our, our, yeah. our, 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 our origin stories. I think that'd be good. Definitely. I'd be down. All right. What about you, Ben? What you got? I have a triumph. And uh, on a previous podcast, I think I had mentioned that at work, we had a deployment freeze during the holidays. So basically, I think it was from like December 24th 
to January 2nd, we couldn't deploy in case there was an incident and there weren't enough people around to help put out fires. So I was working, but I was doing a lot of little things, mostly around deleting old code and removing old feature flags and just finding ways to clean up and, and leave the code base a little leaner. And uh, finally, Monday comes around, deploy freeze over, and I have literally like, I think, 20-something different branches in Git that I had to start deploying. Uh, so I started, and right after my first deploy, Slack went down, which was kind of a pain because <laughs> we at work, we actually use a Slack bot to manage our deployments. So I have to, in Slack, tell the Slack bot to start deploying a particular uh, service. So that was a little bit of a bummer, but then it finally came back on. And I've literally been deploying back-to-back code changes since Monday. And I I think I finished sometime this morning. Uh, so it was pretty epic. I don't think I caused any problems. Yay! So that was exciting. There was a lot of um, merge conflicts when I had to rebase because I, yeah. I had all these like 20 branches, but they were all based on the main branch. Mm-hmm. So as I started merging things back in, especially because a lot of it was deleting old code, a lot of the the rebasing on the main branch had conflicts, so I had to resolve those conflicts. But anyway, everything's done. Got all that code out. Very exciting. I feel like I'm starting with a, a clean plate, ready to move forward. It's a good way to start the year. There's, so like there's, just go productive out the door. And on top of that, I don't know if we've touched on this before, but deleting code is some of the most satisfying work I do. We have, yeah. Love it. Love it. So uh, no charge for the, uh, or maybe, you know what, I tell you what, I'll send you a bill for the chaos monkey taking down your, your Slack. <laughs> <laughs> Finding those holes in your process, man. It's so funny. I, you know, as, as, a, as an adult that doesn't have school and as someone who works remotely, there's very little opportunity to have a snow day. Uh, and Slack going down feels like as close as I'm going to get for a long time where I'm like, oh, pants off, run around. <laughs> uh, unfortunately, we use Teams, so we didn't get that luxury. <laughs> now, if GitHub went down, we'd be okay. <laughs> Yeah, I sent someone on my team a message and said, is Slack still down <laughs> on Slack? <laughs> so later they were like, did you really ask me if Slack was down? I was like, your icon was green. I thought maybe you were getting messages. Yeah, and you know. Nobody did. No. All right, I guess let's move on to our topic for the day. Um, it is 2021 now, so it's a good opportunity to take a glimpse into the future and start to think about some hopes for the year, maybe uh, personal things, your career, uh, maybe even for your company, depending on how, how invested you are personally in your company, and uh, maybe even just for technology in general. So um, who wants to kick it off? So one of my personal goals last year was to actually get better at just knowing where my money goes. Because mm-hmm. I always, you know, it comes in, it goes out, everything's good, it balances, who cares? So I um, actually got You Need a Budget last year and went through and have been using it. And it does really, really good. But I'm excited for this year to see how every month like turned out last year and to see like where I end up spending extra at and actually having a lot of data now to use, like to have yes. a year's worth of data with the You Need a Budget so that I can actually put more away, I think, ultimately when I see it. What is, so what is you need a budget? 
Um, it's just a budgeting software, but it's very strict about when money comes in and when money goes out. So like, I can't budget for everything to be paid at the first of the month if there's not money there for it to be budgeted to, to like be spent. So it'll show negative and it's like, oh, you have to go correct this. So then take your mortgage payment out because your mortgage doesn't go till the 15th and now you're back on budget. So it makes sure that you're only spending what you have available to you. And then it gets you to where it goes, hey, you have, you know, $600 left go move that to a savings account and don't put it don't just leave it in your budget you know like go get rid of it and isn't that one of those tools where like you give it access to your credit cards and your bank account it kind of scoops up that data and and makes you categorize it so that you don't miss anything yep up front it's a lot of work because every transaction has to have a category but if you don't have a category you don't know where your money's going like i didn't realize until probably the summer how much money i spend at a liquor store I mean, it until, was 2020. Until yeah. I did go actually create a liquor store category. Cause I was like, man, yeah. that's not eating out. That's not groceries. That's not family things. That's a lot of money. So yeah, it's yeah. really cool. So I highly suggest it if someone wants to really see where your money's going. Cool. Yeah. I'll throw one out there, um, for personal stuff. Um, so when Ben knows this, uh, at the beginning of 2020, um, I was kind of like pushing real hard on my my health and personal fitness type stuff. And uh, I asked Ben to be my accountability buddy for, Aww, for so going to the gym. Because, you know, like I don't, I don't know anybody around here that goes to the gym, uh, at least not the same gym that I was going to. Um, so, you know, we would just, you know, chat over like Twitter DMs and and check in with each other, make sure we were going to the gym and and... The when COVID hit, I stopped going to the gym, and then, you know, in the beginning we thought it was just going to be for a few weeks, maybe a few months, and and I was kind of extending, extending, and finally I was like, just shut it down, cancel my membership. I'll I'll come back when, when it makes sense to do that. And, um, I've always been the type of person that like I enjoy working out, but I have to leave my house. I can't, you know, mm-hmm. go work out in the living room. I need that scenery change. I need the equipment. I need. Uh, you know, whatever, something about not being in my living space helps me feel motivated to do it. And so because I wasn't going to the gym, because it wasn't safe to do that, I really backslid a ton on my personal health stuff this year. So I'm hoping, um, you know, between the vaccine and just uh, taking it serious that like, this is not coming back, you know, within weeks, uh, you know, so I have to find ways to, to, take my health seriously, go for more walks and, you know, find other things to do that are physical. And, uh, Adam learned firsthand that I am a terrible, terrible communicator. (laughs) He was very patient. Right now you have me as a captive audience, so I'm very (laughs) attentive, uh, but this is a lifelong challenge for me, uh, dealing with people. And, um, I'm not good about it. Uh, like people will message me. My family will send me text messages. My mom will leave me messages on my phone. Like you don't have to be afraid to pick up. <laughs> uh, and I just like, I get this like tunnel vision and I, and I forget other things happen. So, uh, Adam put up with it pretty, pretty admirably. I wasn't going to call you out, but yeah. <laughs> but you bid. This is minor, but, um, I wanted to pay more attention to my personal brand just in in terms of my online identity. I write a lot, which is is part of my personal brand. But what I mean is like 
the avatar I use, for example, I think it's like 10 years old. <laughs> not the, I'm not that man anymore. <laughs> and, uh, and like, I don't think I've updated my LinkedIn profile in like a decade. Mm-hmm. And th- there's just a lot of things that, uh, you know, if someone were to look me up, it's just not professional uh, in terms of, I don't know, I, maybe not professional, not the right word, but like, I just want to curate more. I want to, I want to pay attention to who I am online a little bit more than I have in, in a while. Uh, whether that's updating my LinkedIn, you know, maybe refreshing my website a little bit, updating my avatar. Um, I don't know. I, I don't know what it entails exactly, but things of that nature, maybe putting a presentation together for fun. You definitely mm-hmm. need to get more current because now you have, you know, at least two teenagers Googling you. <laughs> <laughs> You got to get it on that TikTok, Ben. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that would be hilarious. <laughs> oh God. I, I don't know anything about that stuff. I still have yet to understand how Instagram works. I've tried to use it several times, and I just keep getting login pages, and I, I, I keep wanting to. <laughs> I keep I keep assuming it's like Facebook, but I guess it's not like Facebook. It's very confusing for me. <laughs> get off my lawn, <laughs> Tim. You got anything personal for the year? Hopes and dreams? Personal, uh, mine, well, I mean, 2020 set such a low bar. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's my hopes and goals for, for 2021, uh, really kind of picking up some of the things that we dropped because of 2021. Um, at the beginning of the pandemic, I had my kids. I have a 15-year-old daughter and a 17-year-old son. And uh, you know, I had them. I said, you know, we can't just be doing nothing all year. Uh, tell me some things you want to accomplish. And my son wanted, he's already, uh, we're members of a blacksmithing guild. Uh, and so oh, he wanted cool. to, he, awesome. yeah, yeah. He, he wanted to advance his blacksmithing. So we bought him a, a forge and an anvil and some tools, but nice. haven't really done anything with it. So I want to pick that back up, um, get him making some knives, um, and some, some, you know, keychains and things like that what's cool is we got like free source of iron we live by the rear uh, like a railroad track is like like not even a quarter of a mile down the road and we just go down there and pick up uh railroad spikes that have come loose <laughs> nice. and, and you can nice. forge they them just into knives giving and, these tracks away <laughs> yeah i mean they, leave them around yeah when so we read like, about a train derailment near uh, well no they, we they've already know. come loose they've already come loose we don't pull them out and then my daughter, she wanted to learn how to shoot a rifle. So she's been, uh, we've been practicing that. So, so getting back into, into shooting. So that's, that's the personal one. Okay. Well, maybe this is a good time to throw in that uh, on Instagram and on Twitter, on our working code pod accounts, uh, we had thrown out that we would like, uh, you know, any hopes from our listeners for the year. And we got one from Mark Drew and he said, somehow, he wants to see us all again this year, and I, I mean, I, I think the I think the implication there is that uh, we hope that conferences come back and that we can all yeah. get back together again. And man, that that would be high on my list. That'd be awesome. I'll tell you, I was listening to an interview with a, a guy who runs an event catering and organization company, and he was saying that. It, it events get planned really far in advance mm-hmm. like there's all kinds of insurance and contracts mm-hmm. and down payments and all the stuff that you have to put in place and he what his take on it was you know coming into the end of 2020 he's like i can't look at 
August of 2021 and be confident that if I put down $50,000 for an event space, that it's not going to go nowhere. Right. But I think, um, you know, the fear I think is that uh, even when the vaccines get distributed sufficiently and things calm down, like, are there going to be people who have already planned in ahead of time to get those conferences rolling? It's going to be very interesting. Yeah. I think there have been a lot of conferences that managed to pull off something virtual this year. And I think probably the smart play is to do that again in 2021 for the safe bet and then hope that, you know, by mid 2021, they can start planning something in person for 22, which is is depressing to say, but yeah. um, Yeah. We, we, for our marketing, but we had to build our budgets for, for 2021 and uh, you know, my marketing budget for 2021, all the in-person trade shows and things that we normally do has totally been reallocated to, you know, virtual, type things. I'm going to try to host a hackathon this year for our company and see, see nice. who shows up. So like some, in, internal money. to your company hackathon? No, external, external. Okay. Sort of as a marketing ploy to, oh. to, to get, uh, you get people to sign up for the hackathon, have them build something with your API and then, you know, they, they win. You can showcase what they have and then they win some money, but hopefully they also show their boss and they're like, Hey, look what we can do. Ours is all financial APIs. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like, Hey, we can do this and, you know, transfer money and do all this kind of stuff using this. Um, yeah. Kind of just incentivize them to use the API. Right. Exposure with it. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Did anybody else have anything personal that they wanted to talk about before we moved on to a different category? I do want to mention just how casually Tim mentioned that he bought a forge for his son. <laughs> because when you say forge, I the only mental model that I have is watching middle age, you know, like shows about Vikings yeah. and blacksmiths and fire. And can you can you just go to Home Depot and buy a forge? I mean, is that is that like a thing you can just get? No. Well, we got it off Amazon and, and it's it's small. It's a, it's. About the size of a microwave oven, and uh, it's got propane. It's fed with propane tanks, it's and it's cool. lined. I mean, Devil yeah, Forge or something like that. Like a Devil that would, Forge, yeah. yeah it's okay. not that brand, but it's that type type thing, the Devil Forge. Right. So and, yeah, it's just like a little steel box lined with fire bricks, and it's got some yeah. ports for you to stick in some propane yeah. torches. The, the real the real cost is the anvil. Those anvils are expensive. They're very expensive. Well, you, I mean, living so close to a railroad yard, did you think about making one out of a railroad tie? <laughs> <laughs> making an anvil. You can make it. They're extremely hard to make. Yeah. How did, you how have you lots even... of free time now, though. All right. What does an anvil even weigh? It depends. The one we got is about 300 pounds. Oh is, yeah. is that is that like a white glove delivery where you know, guys actually have to bring it into the house yeah, for you? Ship it. Not like white glove, but it's like on the back of a semi-truck. Holy cow. Yeah. Had no Do you put idea. it on an anvil stand or is it on the ground? Like on a stump? There are stands. <laughs> yeah, there's stands for it. No, we, we just, we, we have it on a stump. Okay. Yeah. Wooden stump. And if, you know, I guess I can push his website. He has YouTube videos. So maxcunningham.com. So Mac, he's got uh, YouTubing videos of, okay. of uh, our cool. progressive of being as part of this, um, this, um, uh, Guild. In fact, several. I don't know if you've any of you seen the show uh, Forged in Fire. We've yeah. had several of our, our, our one guy won. Um, several and several have uh, have been on the show. Oh, cool. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. yeah, I've never watched it, but I've heard of it. Yeah. yeah so, I mean, I I watch a lot of uh, Alex Steele's videos, so I'm familiar yeah, with the. Yeah, that's the I, that's what got my son interested in it was watching Alex Steele. 
Yeah. Which reminds me that this episode is of Working Code is brought to you by Raid Shadow Legends. Tim <laughs> <laughs> wants to tell you how long he's been playing and enjoying yeah, it. That's right. Here's my favorite character, guys. <laughs> Look at her. Look at her. She's wearing she's wearing a metal bikini. <laughs> how cool is that? <laughs> There is a, a YouTube video. I don't know if this is the guy that you mentioned. I don't I don't know much about the forging world. I apologize. Um, but there there's a, a video. It's it's amazing. I, I found it very captivating. It's this guy and he's like making mud and then he takes the mud, he makes it into bricks. Yep. And then he uses the bricks to make like a yep. fire pit and then he uses the fire to make, I don't, I don't know. Primitive technology. Yeah. Yep. And he just keeps uh, evolving his approach until he actually builds this little encased thing that has fire in it and he's melting metal. I mean, it's amazing. It's like an eight minute video. Yeah. He, uh, he disappeared. He stopped making videos and I got worried. So I like was looking on Reddit and I found out he's actually done a deal with a cable TV show. So he's going to have his own cable oh, TV show. That's cool. Where he's, so uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Cool, nice. cool. Yeah, so cool. technology, real technology. Technology. Our technology. So yeah. actually, sort of as we uh, transition out of personal stuff, we were talking a little bit about events and that made me think of um, what was supposed to happen for my company for 2020. It was supposed to be sort of a breakout year for us. We had a lot of business lined up for events. So event registration and check-in software, um, very highly um, customized for the types of events that colleges and universities run and the way that they like to run them and the way they build their packages and that sort of thing uh, has for a long time been a big part of our business. And we had a whole bunch of events lined up and a whole bunch of new customers lined up for 2020 that all just kind of had to get put on hold. And we're, we're super glad and fortunate that we didn't have to have any cutbacks or layoffs this year. Uh, but uh it was not the year that we thought we were going to have. And so I'm personally hopeful that even if we don't get a bunch of events lined up throughout 2021, maybe we'll start to see the ducks getting in a row for 22 um, and get to have that breakout year that we were all preparing for. Yeah. That has to be a hard hit. Yeah. It was going to be a big growth year. So just to, you know, I was personally just really keyed up and, and ready to like, uh, watch this growth happen and and do what I could to to keep the momentum there, and then it all just deflated all at once. Mm. I have a uh, I, from a from a learning standpoint, I try to pick like one big hairy goal for the for the year, uh, which usually you know I can be pretty strong on through February at least. And uh, this year, I really want to learn more about design systems and building reusable front end componentry. I feel pretty confident in my ability to write CSS and like decently competent in putting HTML together and building an application, but it's a lot of copy pasting. It's a lot mm-hmm. of one-off componentry. Um, yep. I, I have very, very little mental model for how to build something that I can then stamp out in a bunch of different places. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, you look, you look up months later and you're shipping seven megabytes of uh, CSS, which nobody wants to <laughs> ship to a, to a phone. And uh, so I, I really just want to, uh, I want to figure out how to do that. Cause I, I, I've like, I've dabbled. I've tried to read books. I read uh, atomic design by Brad Frost, which was very interesting. Um, I've, I've gone through the Google material docs on, on how they put components together. And it's one of those things where 
when it's super low level, like you think of a button, I can understand a button. But then the second you combine that button with anything else or with a combination of other buttons, and I have no idea how you build something that makes that uh, abstract, but also convenient and also flexible. And uh, I don't, that, that's my that's my big goal for the year is to try and figure out how to how to close in on some of that knowledge gap. Have you picked out anything you're going to write with, like Angular, React? Well, something that will do that. At work, I'm still on Angular JS and uh, like a really early a lot version of, us of Angular are. JS. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> it, it, it'll mostly be some homegrown, like not elegant, but also not nothing kind of right. a solution. But, okay. um, you know, baby steps, baby gotcha. steps. Yeah. Okay. Have you heard of um, what is the storybook? Mm-hmm. That's supposed to be a big help in, in that sort of effort. I think we actually use Storybook at work. I mean, here's the crazy thing. At work, we have a design system called Helios. I, I just don't know very much about it because it's not part of the uh, the application that I work in. I mean, we have people at work who are basically design system experts. And I'm I'm sure I could just get one of them to sit down with me <laughs> and go through it. Uh, but I don't know. I just, sometimes you just need to muscle through it so you can feel the pain first, I guess. I don't know. How about Carol? What do you got in terms of technology? Ooh, for my tech. So I, um, okay, one of my personal things plays into my tech. So one of the things I need to do this year is drink a lot more water because sometimes I will finish working and realize I didn't have any water all day long. So I want to build like just a web app for myself because I want to learn React and I want to learn React Native. So I'm just going to build like a simple web app on my own that basically just lets me track simple inputs, just water in amounts and stores it, um, and then slowly move that over to an actual app, not anything for people to buy or use, just so that I can get the exposure of like the security side of apps, of um, the hardware sharing side of that technology that I've never dealt with. And then I'm also very curious about how the data sync works when you use it offline. So mm. I'm like, you know, curious about all that stuff. So I'm going to learn React, React Native, and build myself a little web app and hopefully an app by the end of the year that just tracks my water intake. <laughs> nice. So, Side yeah. projects are huge. Yeah. Absolutely. I feel like it's something too I could get my kid in on. He would want to do it with me. Cool. So, yeah. It'd be fun. What about you, Adam? So it, it, I had a tough time separating personal from web stuff. Like I don't want to make, I'm, I'm not capable of predicting what's going to happen uh, in technology in the future. I, I just don't have my finger on that pulse. I'm so heads down getting my work done day to day. So busy. So I, you know, I don't, I don't see what's coming, but um, in terms of technology, I was thinking about things that I want to learn or things that I need to get better at. And so, I mean, I guess in general, I'm kind of hoping that, um, it, well, so I guess let me speak from the point of view of um motivation. So I'm a huge fan of async await in JavaScript for doing promises instead of callbacks or doing raw promises. I think that mm-hmm. async await just makes a whole lot more sense when I try to think through the the control flow. Yep. Um, but the sort of the first place that I find myself running into frustration with that is not having top level await in node. Um, and so, you know, there's workarounds, but still it would be nice to have top level await. Well, I, I know that sometime in the last couple of versions it became available, but only in certain conditions. I think you have to be using um, 
I forget the, the file extension, but you have to use a certain type of, it's like ES modules, the way that Node mm. does ES modules or something. Um, and then it becomes available. And I'm not sure what other implications that might have for interacting with other modules. So that's something that I want to get a hold on this year. And sort of related to that, I'm kind of hoping, um, you know, I've read a little bit about ES modules in general, just so you can like do import from a URL and that just works. So you don't, you could theoretically like import maybe from the NPM CDN instead of having to like um, NPM install it locally. If you could, uh, I heard somebody mention something like that, like streaming dependencies or something like that. Like you require it from, or you import it from the URL and then with Webpack or Parcel or Snowpack or whatever it is you're building, your build tool is, um, it would sort of install it into the bundle at the time of build, which I thought was kind of a neat idea. Yeah, um, that sounds pretty cool. So yeah, for me, that's just sort of the the got the lion's share of my horizon right now. ES modules and what can what can I do to prepare for that coming, and how can I use that to make my job easier? Yeah, that sounds awesome. Yeah, very interesting. Mm-hmm. I'm I. In, in, in the stuff that I do with Angular, it's all with TypeScript, so it it has classes and and um, modules, n- not modules in the ES sense, but TypeScript modules, and or I guess Angular modules. So I, I feel like there's this layer of abstraction between what I use as as sort of my JavaScript platform and like what JavaScript can actually do under the hood a little bit. So I, mm-hmm. I, I'm watching from the outside. A lot of people talk about the the ES modules and, and Snowpack, that kind of stuff. Um, I'm, I'm curious to see where it goes. I mean, I'm curious to pay attention to the conversation. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I yeah, made what, a note because I want to go look up more. Yeah. I, I don't know. When I was first started getting exposed more to promises when I um, started learning Scala, it was, it was kind of a really different mindset <laughs> that took a while. I don't even think I still have a, a full mental model of how promises and futures and all that really, I know how it works. I know how it's supposed to work, but you know, how to make sure that it always works is, is, is a thing I'm still wrestling with. Mm -hmm. The thing that I always struggled with, with raw promises is, um, uncaught promise rejections. I would have catches all over the place and still, you know, one would sneak through and, and I just, I never really truly understood where you actually, have to have catches mm-hmm. and it's somehow async await just it kind of makes it easy it makes it easier or easy enough for me so well asynchronous code is great but synchronous blocking code is just so much easier to reason about in yeah. my opinion and and when you have the async await essentially what you're doing is taking asynchronous code and making it read like it's blocking code, mm-hmm. but with the asynchronous stuff happening below the surface. I mean, it's it it feels like the best of both worlds. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, that uh, I think is very much the intention of it. It's just the the only caveat is that um, you have to do um, a few things, like you have to wrap it in a try catch, basically. And um, as long as you do that, then I think that it kind of falls into that mental model. What about Tim? What do you got for uh, technology stuff? Yeah, so what I like to do is I like to break things up into 
things I, I, I want to learn. I always have to have some sort of study project. So things I want to learn in the near term. In other words, something I know that I'm going to be using very shortly. And then something kind of in the midterm, something that I, I, I want to be knowledgeable about because I think there's a high likelihood that I will need to use it. And then a very long term, which is sort of a, uh, a pie in the sky, kind of like, I want to learn this because I don't know anything really about it. I might possibly never use it or I might. And it would be useful to have that in my my mental store when it comes around. And, and it could be years off uh, before it ever gets used. And in the past, that actually has served me well because there's things I learned years ago. And then if something came up. And I'm like, immediately, I'm like, oh, yeah, that. Let's use, let's. I, I learned about this years ago. Uh, so it's helpful for me. So near term, I want to deepen my knowledge on Redis. Um, I've, I've installed it. I, I, it's running but I don't feel I really fully understand how it works. You know, I, I just, I ran the installer and <laughs> did some commands and it worked. Everything, everything worked great, right? Magic. Um, yeah, so it's all you know, PFM. <laughs> um, so I want to look at, at Redis a bit more, get more comfortable with um, Redis Sentinel. So Redis, many of you know, it's not Reddit, but Redis, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's st- a structure store, can be used as a database, it's a cache. I'm, I'm mostly using it as a cache and a, and a, a, a key store, uh, and you know, highly available in memory, extremely fast. Um, but you know, it's 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 completely different than trying to use a, a relational database or just a, a session cache. Um, so, getting just a lot more involved in that is, is my near term goal. Um, my mid term goal is because what we do is in the financial industry, um, just. Recently, on well, today, uh, I saw an article uh, that the cryptocurrency market, uh, Bitcoin in particular, uh, the market value that it has hit a trillion dollars for the entire cryptocurrency world. It I is think. booming. Yeah. It's yeah. booming. I'm kicking myself for the for the uh, the Bitcoin I sold like six years ago. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I could retire. <laughs> <laughs> mm. But uh, so I want to learn a bit more about how cryptocurrency works and how you can build things that 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 move money uh using uh whatever sort of cryptocurrency like bitcoin or uh, ethereum or all the different ones dogecoin dogecoin <laughs> dogecoin. <laughs> dogecoin took a big up today yeah yeah all of them are taking a big up mm-hmm. um, um because really kind of looking at the future of money um the only reason people i don't think people are are, are fully adopting uh, cryptocurrency is just because uh, you know people don't have faith in it, and, and that's really all money is. Money is a faith is a, is a faith based system. Mm-hmm. Uh, you think think about it. I never have cash. Everything is digital, so I'm already using. It's not cryptocurrency, but it's digital currency, mm-hmm. and, and so it's just zeros and ones, and that's what cryptocurrency is. It's just it's not. There's no central bank of some government uh, behind it, so. I really just want to look and in, in to see how we can utilize that. If nothing else, you know, if you're a, a financial services company and Bitcoin and, and cryptocurrency is part of your portfolio, it just makes you look cutting edge. So <laughs> that's helpful. Um, and also related to cryptocurrency, but, uh, you know, blockchain, which is what cryptocurrency is built off of. Blockchain is essentially a, a contract with proof that the contract has not been broken, um, which uh, – a lot of our customers are insurance type entities and uh, looking at the idea of using blockchain as insurance contracts 
Um, if you think about it, you could uh, say you had a, a car insurance and it, there, the contract was that, you know, you never accelerate quickly or brake quickly. You, you drive safely. You, you, you have a, something that monitors your car. And if you fulfill the contract and have this under a certain limit of, um, of, of bad actions in your car, you, you reach a certain premium discount. Well, that could all be done automatically using blockchain to, to verify and certify all that stuff. So I really want to kind of get somewhat more familiar with that. And then finally, AI. AI is my long-term one. Um, just I think I need to be aware of it. I, I think there's a lot of hype in AI right now, but... Dancing robots that, and... Yeah, yeah. I know, that robots. video was awesome. <laughs> yeah, was that so video cool. was awesome. Yeah. So those, those are my, th- my three things that uh, my, I hope and plan to get into more. Now, AI... So, so I've heard the term AI, but then I've also heard... Would, I've also heard the term machine learning mm-hmm. and these are, these are related, but not necessarily the same thing. Uh, I don't know. It, it's, it's, I hear people talk about it. It's very far over my head. Yeah. It's over my head and I don't like it being over my head. So <laughs> that's, you know, I, I'm with you. I'm, I'm going to be looking at, you know, a, uh, Amazon has, um, a, it's in their AI portfolio, but it is, it's machine learning mm. is they have tools for, for that. So, just using those tools because we already use tons of Amazon services. So why not just check out another one while you're there? Yeah. I think it's Adam's turn. Before we leave tech, uh, I was thinking about some other stuff, like just thinking about the things that I need to learn um, and the things that um, I've seen start to do well for me and my team that I really want to see like ramp up and, and hopefully become sort of like a force multiplier for us. Um. I guess the force multiplier thing that I'm thinking of is we have had some recent success. Um, at, it's a really small JavaScript-based repository, but we added some tests. We, we've always had decent tests to it, but we sort of rounded out the tests and we started using Dependabot. So it's a, it's a Node.js repository. And that means in general, not, I guess not as a, uh, as a rule, but as a rule of thumb, um, that there's a lot of dependencies and, and those dependencies get out of date uh, continuously and it's hard to stay on top of them. So Dependabot um, will, you can integrate it with your repository or give it access and it's a free service from GitHub. Um, and uh, basically what it does is it watches your package JSON or I think it's um, compatible with like Python pip and, and Ruby and um, PHP and whatever, everything else. Um, but basically it watches your, your lock file to say, these are the dependencies that I'm on. Um, and it looks for new versions of those things and it says, oh, okay, there's a new version of this dependency. Let me go make a branch, install that new version and run your tests and give you the results. And so I can, oh, nice. and, and, and what it does is, okay, when that happens, it also for that branch it creates, it creates a pull request and, and says, okay, here's the test results for this. And if they're passing, then you just, all you have to do is go in and click the green button, pet the test pass. So everything's fine and we can merge that. And now my dependencies are up to date. Um, it does one branch for every dependency. Um, so if you have like five things that get updated on the same day, then uh, you end up with five pull requests to merge, but it's not that big of a deal. Um, and then, you know, when things do break, then you get that like that notification. Oh, there's a new version of a thing and it breaks your build. So you might want to focus on this pretty soon. Otherwise, you're going to be hating dealing with it when you're now five versions behind and you have to like completely rewrite your tests from the ground up because your testing framework is like breaking Way behind. And, yeah. Yeah. So uh, we've just kind of like seen that 
how awesome and powerful that can be in helping us stay on top of those dependencies. And um, it makes me really gung-ho about uh, testing in general and then on um, that dependency management stuff. And that kind of gave me the thought like, okay, well, I have... um, this course that I bought to to help myself get better at testing. And of course I haven't finished it because that's what I do. I spend money on things and then don't <laughs> extract the full value from it. I bought the um, the course called Testing JavaScript from Kent C. Dodds, which is an amazing course. I highly recommend it. Um, and I'm only like halfway through it. Uh, and um, one of the things that I saw in Kent's sort of end of the year or beginning of 2021 blog post, whatever it was, is he said that he uh, is kind of going all in on TypeScript uh, and he's planning on updating his testing JavaScript course to uh, now cover TypeScript. I think originally it covered Flow, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and so switching to TypeScript. And uh, I, that, to me, is very interesting. Like, I, I believe that types can add a lot of value, but I just haven't had the opportunity to dive into that pool yet. So I'm looking forward to that and... And having somebody hold my hand through the process sounds awesome. <laughs> having something to manage your project dependency is pretty cool. We, um, for for Scala, uh, we use SBT, Simple Build Tool, uh, which you can use managed and unmanaged dependencies. So if you have a jar, you know you can drop that in. But if it's just a library, you can have it go get the latest uh, whenever you every each time you build. And then of course you got to run your test to make sure nothing broke. But that, that is great to not have to go manually particularly when you have hundreds of dependencies. Yeah. You, you, so you've mentioned Scala a bunch of times now on the podcast, and I didn't realize it was, it, it sounds like it's a, sort of a major piece of your stack. Is that? Mm, yeah, it is. Yeah, the Scala, awesome. Scala Play framework. Okay, and this was a, it's like a Java thing, right? Yeah, it, it builds a jar basically at the end okay. of it. So Cool. But I think Something really I didn't gonna, know about you. I think you're going to enjoy types. Uh, I... I I use TypeScript with Angular, and it's I love TypeScript. It's um, the types really force you to think about how things are being used. Yep. Um, yeah. I, I guess types also help you catch bugs, but to me, that's that's like the nice to have part. Really, it's the sort of the 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 more cognizant it makes you about how everything's put together. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Kind of forcing me to define. A, a like a structure for my data. So we have uh, an API for our platform that a lot of our customers are consuming. And I can tell that they're coming from strongly typed um, languages that they're consuming our API from because they're like, they'll ask about these two related API endpoints and talk about them as if they're returning, you know, one's returning maybe an individual record and another is returning a collection of records. And they're... Um, slightly different and he's like confused why they're not exactly the same thing. I'm like, that's because it's all hand rolled. (laughs) (laughs) So I'll never forget starting out like some of those things that you do, right? So like someone's like type select star and I'm like select S-T-A-R and they're like, oh dear Lord, what are you doing? So I remember like hearing about types and I'm like, oh, they mean like case sensitive things, right? Like this is letter typing. And then like, I'm like, oh, wow, no, this is like a type of data. So I still remember those points early on where I'm like, well, these don't mean what I think they mean. (laughs) I remember the day that I learned what case sensitive meant. I was young, you know, it was like an AOL script kitty, you know, learning about case sensitivity and, and I had no idea 
Like I, you know, some I saw case sensitive mentioned somewhere, and I was like, had, had <laughs> no clue what was going on until finally somebody had written it out with like capital C, lowercase a, capital S, <laughs> lowercase e, like going back and forth. And I was like, oh, oh. uppercase and lowercase. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, if you're not in a strongly typed language, you got you got to learn that. What, what do you mean? I have to worry about types. I'm, I'm used to duct typing, or it, mm-hmm. it, it figures it out for me, or it just doesn't work. <laughs> or yeah, or it just doesn't figure it out for me, right? That was always the 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 biggest pain point for me on the cold fusion side, because cold fusion is a case insensitive language mm. primarily. And then when JSON, JavaScript object notation, became the de facto standard for data exchange, it feels like suddenly that's a case-sensitive context for the most part. And you have this meeting of, of these two completely different worlds yeah. and things just did not run smoothly. And Lots of friction. Yeah, lots of friction. It's been figured out at this point, but I mean, years in the making. Why are all your JSON keys uppercase? <laughs> Why are you yelling at me? Stop stop converting it to uppercase. <laughs> I don't want to get too much into the, the the political drama, but you know, it's been a bad 2020 and 2021 7 days in seems like it's it's trying to it's trying to raise the bar on awfulness just what's going on in the past few days. But uh, someone at work, I had I had to confide in them. I, I told him, I said, you know, I, I'm struggling. Um, that 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 the, the the attack on the Capitol just it hit me a lot harder than I ever thought it would. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and so she sent me this. I'm gonna I'm gonna can I share my screen? Let's see. Uh, yeah, I can share a screen, and I'm gonna share computer sound. Maybe they can leave this. Maybe. We can leave this in or cut it out, but whatever. She sent me this um, this video. It's, it's a it's a toddler. Let's see. Screen share has started. Do you see my? What do you see? Your emails. Okay. But wait for it to get not fuzzy so that we can read your email. Yeah, it's okay. super fuzzy for some reason. Oh, I see me. Oh, that's wrong. Uh, in my background. Right, here we go. All right. So. <laughs> This little girl, she, her mother and daughter were fighting and she sits her mother down and says, you know, basically kind of is trying to encourage her to be nicer. And so let me, tell me if you can hear this. Straight. On the middle where my heart is. Yeah, yeah we can hear my it. My heart is something. Everyone else's heart is something too. And if we live in a world where everyone's being mean, Everyone would be a monster in their future. <laughs> so the last part, she said, everyone would be a monster in the future. And that, that's what I want for 2021. <laughs> I, I, want, I want people to know that their heart is something. My heart's something. <laughs> your heart's something. And it means something. And if everyone's mean, we're just going to be monsters. So let, let's, let's, let's not be monsters. Okay, guys? Agreed. Ditto. Yeah, for sure. She sent me that. I just started bawling. I know. I have like chills on my arm. I'm like, it's so right. Yeah. It's, she, she goes on for about three minutes. She's just, oh my God, so precious. Mm-hmm. Should we throw something in there about uh, Patreon? Sure. Yeah. All right, Tim, tell them about our Patreon. <laughs> <laughs> we have Patreon. Apparently, Adam has set up a Patreon. Adam, yeah. tell us about that. Go so, fund it. So, oh gosh, I, you know, I, I hate to 
to give anybody the impression that we're begging for money. We're not. But uh, one thing that we have learned in the first month of doing this is that podcasting is not as inexpensive as it looks. We thought, you know, we throw it out there. If anybody wants to support the show, you can find us on patreon.com slash working code pod. And uh, there's a couple of different membership levels there. Starts at a, like a dollar a month and it goes up from there. And some of the perks, um, we have a Discord server that we've been using to communicate amongst ourselves. Um, and I thought, you know, something we could throw out there is a, uh, if anybody wants to support us, you could get an invite to our Discord server and to get sort of some access to to talk to us directly that way and talk to each other. Um, and then um, some of the things that I've heard other podcasts do for sort of like their top supporters on Patreon is they give them, uh, they'll read off the names of their top supporters and, and some shows they even, you know, some shows it's just, you know, their name, but some people or on some podcasts, they'll like, they put in something ridiculous for their name, like Dr. Robotnik or whatever. Mm-hmm. And they make us say these crazy things. Or if you just want us to try and butcher your name, because, you know, none of us are going to be great at pronouncing, unless it's John Smith, I'm not going to be great at pronouncing people's names. So I, I would be happy to butcher your name on air for uh, for fun and, and profit. Um, <laughs> We're a long way from ever having profit. We're just, just keeping the lights on. We thought we'd throw it out there. Uh, if it's something that you're interested in, that would be awesome. If it's not, then you know what? Thanks for listening anyway. And don't feel like you have to. Wow, that, that New England Puritan sense of asking for money is just really coming out here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hey, it's Future Adam here. Uh, I just need to break in and say a special thank you to Monty Chan, who actually hit us up on Twitter and asked about a Patreon before we even announced that we had one. Uh, And so he has been the first to sign up and support us. And so, Monty, thank you. Thank you so much. We really appreciate your support. I love all the Twitter feedback we're getting. Yeah, Yeah, it's it's been great. How much, like, do you guys love seeing your phone, like, ding now? Yeah. It's been a wonderful distraction from everything that's going on in the world. <laughs> yeah, I actually turned notifications back on for Twitter. Uh, I mean, that, that's the, uh, Dan Fredericks, what he was saying about, I had no clue that, that he, I guess some talk, I encourage people to, to, to be more active. And he's like, yeah, I've been giving back to the community. So yeah. you never Changing know. Changing lives, Tim. Changing lives. <laughs> hey, we all change each other's lives in some way. Cool. Um, so as we're closing it out here, you know, obviously we want to thank everybody for listening um, and we really appreciate you sharing it with a friend. Um, word of mouth referrals, I think, is probably the best way uh, that we're going to grow this show. So, you know, anything that you can do to support us in that way, we greatly appreciate. Um, it's also my understanding that uh, giving us a rating on especially Apple Podcasts is going to uh, help new people find us if they don't know somebody who's already uh, listening to the show. So that would be also greatly appreciated. And if you say something interesting in your review, I'd be more than happy to read it on air. And uh, I guess I should also say like, um, I've looked on Google Podcasts and Stitcher and um, I think even on Spotify. And I don't think that there is a way to leave a rating on any of them. I don't the think there's on find, Amazon either. Um, Amazon has podcasts? Yeah. It's news to me. I did not know that. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah. So the other ones, like it, pretty much the only way to rate podcasts right now appears to be through Apple Podcasts or I think you might be able to do it within the iTunes app if you have a Mac. Um, so that kind of stinks. But, you know, if you are of the uh, the I persuasion, 
if you have I before all of your devices, then and you want to leave us a review there, then that would be great. Um, other than that, I guess we'll catch you guys online. Hit us up at uh, at Working Code Pod on Twitter and Instagram, and we'll catch you next week. You've been listening to Working Code with your hosts Adam, Ben, Carol, and Tim. If you're enjoying the show, please feel free to rate, subscribe, and review on your preferred podcast listening platform. We really appreciate that effort. We'll catch you on the next episode of Working Code. And we're clear. I always want to do like the the Wayne's World, like three, two. (laughs) Has Carol seen Wayne's World? (laughs) <laughs> probably not <laughs> and she just stares blankly at us no speaking Man. of wayne's world let me let me run something by you so in wayne's world at one point he, he uses the phrase ancient chinese secret mm-hmm. and he finds the her laundry detergent in the basket and i love the phrase ancient chinese secret but i i'm not sure if i can is that like is that something i can't say anymore i, I don't know probably. if that falls <laughs> probably not <laughs> But like, it's not, it's, I, is it, I don't know if it's offensive because it's. I'll ask know. Vincent if it offends him. Okay. Yeah. I'll find Ancient out for Chinese you. Secret. Yeah. yeah right. I mean, you can't ask the white people if you can, <laughs> yeah. if it's racist. <laughs> my, my default answer is if you have to ask, it probably is. That's what my mom used to say about the length of my shorts. Uh. Like, Are my shorts too short? <laughs> if you have to ask, the answer is yes. Yeah. I stopped Very asking. Good. <laughs> so you just stopped asking. <laughs> there you go. It's like, yeah, my booty's hanging out, but I don't care. Nobody told me. <laughs> I didn't ask. Mm-hmm. Nobody complained. <laughs> <laughs>